Stories and music express our beliefs and values. Listening, we're influenced in ways similar to having a conversation with another person. They express who we are. Conversations in person or through stories, art, or music create who we are. My name is Dwayne Gordon. My plan is to tell a few stories in a podcast format. Generally, I'll tell stories that have in some way helped me to make sense of the world. I'm not a professional podcaster. I don't have a studio. So you may occasionally hear a car going by or my chair squeaking, my girlfriend walking around. It's going to be kind of like a field recording. My first couple of podcasts will be about jazz music. I'm not a jazz musician or scholar. My dad was a jazz record collector and historian, so I grew up around jazz people and listening to the music. We all grow up around something, and what we learn from that is worth sharing. My hope and responsibility are that what I share with you will be positive and meaningful. In this first podcast, by way of introduction, I'll share some of my personal experiences with jazz. In the next podcast, I'll talk about the emergence of jazz in America. I'll begin with a story that relates to growing up around jazz. When I was six or seven years old, my dad took me to a house party in Chicago where members of the Bob Crosby Band were performing. The Crosby Band formed in 1935 and for decades was one of the top Dixieland jazz revival bands. At that party, they performed a song that I liked. It's called Big Noise from Winnetka. I liked it for a couple of reasons. My aunt lived in Winnetka, beautiful north suburb of Chicago, along Lake Michigan. I grew up on Chicago's south side with railroad tracks in back of my house. The other reason I liked the song is because it was unusual, like surprising. I didn't know what made this song different until I saw it performed live at this party. The song features only a drummer and a bass player. During a drum solo, Ray Baduke moves his drumsticks from his snare drum onto the strings of a stand-up bass that's being fretted by Bob Haggart. So it becomes two guys playing one instrument. Then Haggart closes the song with some whistling. Good whistling is impressive to a little kid. Let's listen to a little of Big Noise from Winnetka. you think of that? Growing up, hanging out with my dad involved me sitting in his jazz room while he stood by his record player. He'd play something and then ask me what I thought of it, and he'd play something else. So at one point during this house party, I went outside for some fresh air. I grabbed a handful of pebbles from the parking lot and threw them into the air. They rained down on the parked cars, making a crackling sound, like a snare drum. I did that twice. 
Then, in an early experience of self-governance, I stopped myself. It occurred to me that all those people in the party would chase me down if they knew what I was doing. That's an example of growing up around jazz. I went back inside and sat down in front of the trombonist. I prepared myself to be as surprised as everyone else when the pebble-covered cars were discovered. The trombone player that I sat in front of was Floyd O'Brien. History regards him as the first important white trombonist of the jazz age, the 1920s. If you've seen the 1942 movie Holiday Inn, in which Bing Crosby first sings White Christmas, you've seen the Bob Crosby band, and you got a glimpse of Floyd. He was also a part-time babysitter to my sisters and me. I moved to the San Francisco Bay Area in 1986 and connected with a family friend, Richard Hadlock. Hadlock is likely the world's foremost authority on jazz history. He's hosted a weekly radio program, The Annals of Jazz, here in the Bay Area since 1959. I've gotten to know Hadlock quite well. He's in his 90s now, and about a year ago, I started driving him to the KCSM radio studio in San Mateo every two weeks for him to record his next two radio programs. Through Headlock, I met a number of other jazz people in the Bay Area. At a birthday party for a 90-year-old trombonist, Bob Melke, I met a guy who was digitizing audio tape recordings, reel-to-reels and cassettes, of live Bay Area jazz performances for archiving by the Stanford Jazz Library. These tapes had been stored in boxes and basements for decades. I joined the project, and between me and two others, digitized more than 2,000 hours of jazz music, only ever heard once before, when performed live. The audio archival work was fascinating to me. It's not just the music. It's experiencing the mood of a moment 30 to 40 years ago, when a group of people once got together for a good time. If any of you baseball fans went to an Oakland A's home game between 1968 and 1992, you heard Bob Melke and his band, the Oakland A's Swingers Baseball Band. All of its members were top-notch Dixieland jazz players. They performed at every home game for 23 seasons. Altogether, they played to a million people at that park. So let's go back in time. We're at the Oakland Coliseum on May 10, 1970. It's Mother's Day. The A's are on their way to beat the Yankees, 2-0. to zero. player in the Oakland A's Swingers baseball band was Dick Oxtot. He led the Golden Age Jazz Band and was at the center of Dixieland Jazz Revival in the Bay Area for more than 50 years. One evening in 1965, Oxtot's band was performing at the Blind Lemon, a gay bar in Berkeley, California. A tough-looking girl parked her motorcycle out front and came in to listen. She approached Oxtot, said she was from Texas and wanted to sing some blues. Later, Oxtot recalled that she looked like a street urchin. Let's go back to 1965, to a gay bar on San Pablo Avenue, and listen to Janis Joplin and the Golden Age Jazz Band. (laughs) ¶¶ 
of Jordan is an African-American spiritual first recorded in 1915 by the Jubilee Singers of the All-Black Fisk University. The river runs along the borders of Jordan, the Palestinian West Bank, Israel, and Syria. In Christianity, the river represents death. To cross it is to move from a mortal, difficult life on earth to peace in heaven. The Jordan River is referenced in many spirituals as a metaphorical boundary that may be crossed from slavery to freedom. At this point, I've set us up for my podcast in which I'll talk about the evolution of America's original modern music, jazz, from spirituals to swing. Thank you for sharing your time with me.